0: Howard from the Perdomo Cigars Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Drew Estate Studios in California. It's episode 281 of the Primetime Show. Tonight we welcome Julio Cabrera of Sacrificial Cigars as our very special guest. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Saga Cigars. Delos Race has introduced another chapter of the saga, Saga Celes. Saga is a Spanish word that means a leisure after work in the spirit of the standing ideal of owning your own journey and making your own Saga. Saga Celez is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. Saga Selez carries yeah. a blend of Cuyo olor and Piloto Cubano, wrapped in a selected Ecuador shade Claro wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in four sizes at an affordable price, including the latest release, the Selez Corona. Ask your retailer for Saga Celez And by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top su- seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco, has been carefully hand-selected, and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sungrown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel wrappers with thick high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo's is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double H 12th the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel-Age, Lot 23, Perdomo, Minso 70, and many more. For great tasting, notes, and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And finally, by Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic Black & Scars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distillings' Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all-Maduro Black & Scars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the California Studios for the Thursday Primetime Show. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Episode 281. Today is Thursday, August 31st, 2023. This is Will Cooper. I am in the Podoma Scott Studios, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How are you doing tonight, Will? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Um, We... You know the hurricane veered east, okay. Yep. Not that we ever get hurricanes, but I think I've told you guys every time there's a a hurricane, the remnants will always make its way to Charlotte. I mean, it's it's literally. I have a few people now agreeing with <laughs> me, me on this theory, um, and we got we got the bands of rain yesterday. Yeah, but um, it looks like everything's clearing out in the Carolinas for a, a a nice Labor Day weekend, and there was no damage to anyone, at least that I know of, um, which was good. No patio chairs knocked over or anything like that. No, no patio chairs knocked over or you know the, yeah. the umbrellas flying across the uh, <laughs> right. you know um, you know shingles falling off the roof. Have I, we? You know, we don't get the wind over here. We get the rains are usually once okay. we, I remember in fifteen years we've gotten some heavy wind, yeah. and that time we got no rain when that happened. So right, um, but the good news, like I said, it's uh, I don't think it interfered with too much baseball, which was good. I don't think it was any baseball problems. Uh, so. Um, and it's not heading up towards Philadelphia, uh, the East, which I'm happy about. So yeah. we got some big games coming up uh, yeah. <laughs> as uh, as we go. Yeah. So and uh, it, by the way, so we, we get a little later. We'll be talking big day in Philly's history for a lot of reasons. It's right. More than just, <laughs> so I'm really happy about that. Yeah. Uh, with that. But uh, hey, uh, but hey, why don't we get right into our guest right now, Aaron? Because uh, yeah. by the way, this was, thanks for Aaron really did a lot to get this uh, guest on tonight. And uh, it's an honor to have this uh, gentleman. Um, he is probably one of the most famous bartenders in the world. He's gotten into the premium cigar business, and he's our special guest of honor tonight. We're talking about Julio Cabrera. He is the founder of a, of a new company called Sacrificial Cigars, which we'll be getting into. And we're going to talk about Julio's story tonight. So, Julio,
1: welcome to the Primetime Show. Thank you. My pleasure to be here. It's an honor, Will and Aaron, to, you know for having me. So, ready to talk.
0: Oh, awesome. No, it's uh, like I said, we had a couple of technical difficulties leading up to the show. Uh, I, I already got so, uh, but we got it all worked out. And uh, thanks for your patience on that as well. Um, because, uh, this is, like I said, this is, this is great. Um, yeah, we are
1: old school. We are old school. So technology for us is, <laughs> well, by the yeah. way, I'm the old, I'm the old school guy as well. So
0: <laughs> I somehow it works for me, but these guys will tell you I'm as old school as they come. So. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, uh, I have kids and mm-hmm. you know, now I can't even set up a TV anymore. I mean, it's like, you know, I need them to do it. So, um, but no, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you. And, you know, Julio, you have an amazing story, um, and we always are excited when someone uh, from another uh, genre or um, walk of life comes into the cigar business and really uh, comes in with excitement. So we we always get get to get that. And um, I'm excited about your story, because when we started telling, especially some folks in Miami that you were going to be on the show, they all know who you are. So... Did we lose him? Nope, you're, you're okay. good. Okay, good. I I just all of a sudden like everything went like it sounded like everything went off. So oh no, you're okay. good. So Julio, we wow. always like to start the show off. Um, what was your first experience before we get into anything you've done? Right, we, I just want to talk about you. You have you've smoked cigars obviously before you got in the business, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, way before. Yeah, I I mean pretty much at the same time because I I I started. As a bartender with 25 years old. And uh, pretty much at that time I started smoking cigars. In Cuba, pretty much all the bartenders that we call cantineros, all the bartenders at cantineros, they are related with cigars because it's something that we do in a regular basis. You know, when you talk about cantineros, you you know you, you're talking about drinking rum and smoking cigars. It's a kind of celebration we have and it's part of our culture. Our culture is, is, is drinking rum, smoking cigars, and mostly if you are in the bar business. So when I started in the bus business with 25 years old, I never smoked cigar, even if my dad was smoking like two, three, four a day. And uh, I, I learned that from my dad, you know, I grew up watching my dad smoking cigars every day, like three or four you know, one after another one. And but I you know, when I was young, I, I, I never tried to smoke a cigar. But uh, when I started as a bartender, yes, uh, it, it was something that I was serving to people, to tourists. And we received classes, not just how to make cocktail, how to, you know, kind of have a sommelier or something like that. So how to enjoy a cigar and and the importance of of, of a cigar for a Cuban person. So uh, pretty much when I was 25, 26, I started smoking cigars yep. until today. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you do you remember that first experience? What it was like when you first picked up that cigar?
1: Yes, I did. I didn't <laughs> like it. I mean, it was.
0: <laughs> it's okay, it was most of us were for, in
1: that boat. Yeah, it was strong for me. I was smoking cigarettes at that time, so mm. I I smoked cigarettes for so many years. I quit 20 years ago, thanks God. But uh, cigars, I never tried before. When I tried, I was in a class. Actually, a teacher was you know uh, you know teaching how to light a cigar and how to smoke a cigar. And, you know, because as I said, it's, it's part of the the, the classes and the, the culture. So when I tried, I didn't finish. Uh, it was like a, just one third or something or even the half of the cigar what I tried. Uh, it was so bitter for me, so strong. And, uh, you know, it, it was my first one. Yeah, I do remember. I didn't like it at all. So but then little by little, we were going to activities, cantineros uh festival competitions and all that, and at the end it was always a cigar and uh you know little by little I started you know with a group of people, a group of bartenders, even in all the countries you know it was we we ended up all the the promotions and and events with cigars and rum so i I started enjoying the cigar and and you know. Seeing the beauty, the beauty of cigars, and appreciate it more. Yeah,
0: that's that's um, that's awesome. That's awesome, and we're gonna get, we're gonna get into a lot of cigar stuff. But I first want to go back and talk a little about a, a Cantanero, because you know we we know of bartenders, and and I think you know a lot of us think of bartenders as someone who mixes drinks, but. I I got the impression from going through your background and I learned a lot about your background that a a Cantanero is is so much more than someone who who mixes drinks. Am I correct on that?
1: Yes. uh, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit different. I I can say it's it's much more, but yes, it's it's much more in terms of a bartender here uh, in the States and in all the countries, you become a bartender going to a bar being a bar back, then uh, learning from somebody and uh, becoming a bartender. In Cuba, to be a cantinero, but it's a professional bartender, we call cantinero, but it's a professional bartender. You have to go to school. You have to go to school first and get your diploma. In that school, you, you have to learn a lot of things, all the classic, proper technique, the history of your country. It's a lot of things, even coffee, cigars, uh, rum, uh, you have to study a lot of things, and and then when you get your diploma and you pass up uh, the exams, you are able to be behind the bar. So, but it's you know the most important for a cantinero is the hospitality, the hospitality and being part of the show. You are not just a person who makes drinks for people. You you make experience. You have to provide experience to people to make people happy anyway, as a entertainer, or like a you know being part of the show always. Because in Cuba, pretty much all the bars have like music or something. So in some, at some point, somehow, you're going to be part of the show as well. So cantineros are focused on hospitality and a different kind of service. But yeah, I, I think they are professional because you have to study. It's a profession. It's a serious profession. Mm-hmm. When you go to school and you become a cantinero, you're probably going to be doing it for the rest of your life. So it's, it's a profession, a serious profession that you study and you go to school. Sure, sure. What,
0: what made you want to get into that?
1: Um, I mean, first, it's a, it's a family tradition. I'm mm-hmm. um, an agricultural engineer. I study agricultural engineer, including tobacco. Oh, but, okay. Uh, I, I, I didn't specialize in tobacco, even if it was one of my classes when I when I studied agricultural engineer. But I specialize in coffee and citrus and a little bit in sugarcane, but sugarcane, I didn't like it that right. much. But but yeah, coffee and citrus. And I worked as a main engineer in a coffee plantations and citrus plantation as well. And at some point, uh, I was boring. I was pretty pretty much boring working as engineer because I was always alone, you know, surrounded by, by trees. And, and and my personality is pretty much more to be surrounded by, by people and music and, uh, and another kind of environment. So mm-hmm. I was not happy. Even if I liked what I study, I was not happy at all doing what I was doing. And I decided to move into hospitality because I, I always remember when I, when I was a kid, my parents, mostly my dad telling me the story of the bar they own in Cuba before Castro, where they used to sell cigars, coffee, rums, beers, not too many cocktails, but yeah, it was a, uh, a small bar in the city but they were pretty successful and it's when my my dad started smoking cigars selling cigars and and uh, coffee and all that so i was listening listening all those stories about you know like uh, people going to the bar enjoying having fun the music and uh the friends all my family used to work there it was a 20, 24 hour place that it was called a café El Sacrificio. That was the name of the place. Okay. Café El Sacrificio. That's why the name of the cigar. So my, at the end, my dad was known in the in the town by El Sacrificio. That was the name of I mean the nickname of my dad. it, it was known by the name of the place Sacrificio. And I grew up listening all the stories, and I I I think it was. Really interesting, uh, all those stories. And at some point in my life, with 25 years old, I decide, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be a bartender like my dad used to be, and try to recover that family tradition and and, uh, and become a bartender. So I did it, and believe me, since day one, I felt in love with that <laughs> because you know the what I was doing, taking care of people, you know, like a music, uh, you know, and, uh, and creating drinks it was totally different and yeah i'm pretty happy even i have some friends that started with me the same career that they moved into hotel business hospitality before me they told me oh he's awesome he's amazing you're gonna love it and and we're doing good Uh, we make some tips all that in cuba you remember back in the 80s and i was like oh my god yeah I I know where you're talking because, you know, my dad used to, to to tell me that. And and I did it. I moved and best decision that I have made. Nice. You, you,
0: you actually said something I was going to ask you because I've been to Havana once. And uh, the one thing that really stuck out to me, was, I was going to ask you if it was like a 24-hour business. Because I remember a lot of the bars were 24 hours open down there, which is even unusual for the, the state. You don't see that.
1: No yeah I I don't know I don't know why I mean the labor the labor there is very very yeah. like nothing so they can stay open and they pay labor is yeah. nothing oh, but yeah. uh after I can say after one in the morning until 8 there's not business no business in, in <laughs> Yeah I wasn't in Cuba. I wasn't up that and, late either and so. you, and you're going to find always somebody there like sleeping or yeah. uh, I mean the whole the whole night for nothing yeah, yeah, doesn't make any sense. But I had to do it. I had to to work a lot of nights yes. until eight in the morning without selling a coffee. But you know, it's it's like it is. But you know, before that, you know, when when my dad had a bar, uh, it was all night because when they when people used to go home after drinking, like at two or three, it was a lot of people were coming for coffee and and ready to work because it, it was. In between, the, the town was in between of three uh, rum distilleries or uh, sugarcane factories. Sugar cane factory with, with distilleries, so it was also twenty four hour. So uh, I remember that at four in the morning, a lot of people were going to work in those uh, factories, sugar factories, and they were going to my dad's bar for uh, coffee, uh, latte, cappuccino, uh, and and all that. Yep like breakfast.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. it had
1: to be it had to be 24 hours.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's uh cuz like in, you know, and in here and in, in our, depending what state you live in, they close for they have to close at certain hours here. So, yeah. yeah. But then you you left Cuba and you you did some international travel. Um where did you go after Cuba? Uh
1: yeah, I I I study I study uh what is it called uh hotel management yeah hotel management in in europe in in 91 and uh i became like a kind of manager but i didn't like it that much my management right. so even if i studied that in a university in that was in 91 uh i went back to cuba and i after managing some for some time i i wanted to be a bartender it's what i enjoy the most to be behind the bar right that's that's what i love and and you know, doing good in competitions and you know gaining some reputation in Cuba, I became the brand ambassador of the bartender representing one famous Cuban rum in Europe. So I was based in Italy and uh, and yeah, for four years. For four years, I stayed in Italy representing a Cuban rum and uh, traveling all the countries as well, Canada, Spain, and all other oh, European yeah. countries. Yeah, with with that rum and always with with cigars. Yeah. <laughs> we we always we always pair the you know the rum with cigars, and yeah. so we always had cigars to do the promotions together. And yeah, but yeah, four years in Italy, I stayed.
0: Did you? Did you? What did you think of the Italian cigars? Because obviously they're very different um, than probably what you were used to. That is something you ever uh, liked or not liked, or because they are different.
1: I, I I never try an Italian cigar. Uh we were doing Cuban cigars with Cuban rum.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Mm. Yeah, Cuban yeah, yeah, we were trying to promote I mean, I was promoting Cuban rum but they they used to give me cigars to complement the aged rum or something like that right. to, do so par- they- to do the to do the to do the pairing but yeah, it was always Cuban cigars.
0: Yeah. The other thing you mentioned and I'm kind of curious what was like one of these competitions like? You talked about competitions. What, what, what would be a cantonero competition? What would be involved in that?
1: Yeah, they, they ask you to create a cocktail, a new cocktail, and you present it. If you qualify, you go to a local competition. and If you win the local competition, then you go to the state competition if you win the state competition, you go to a national competition. Right. It's very, hard. <laughs> very yeah, hard. Yeah, very hard to get to the national because, you know, local and then the state is is hard. But once you are in a national competition, if you're lucky, if you win that one, you go to the world championship. I was lucky to do, uh, to do all that, you know, like to win up to the national and going to the world, world championship representing oh, wow. Cuba. Yeah, and that's why... I was selected to, to work in Italy, but yeah, I, I want some like two or three years, two or three years. And, 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 uh, that's why I, I travel and, and, and I represent it, but yeah, it's really hard. And then yep. you have to be in the competition. You have to make the cocktail very precise with mm-hmm. the, a lot of technique dress, like a, a cantinero, like a proper right, right, and, <laughs> in the front of a lot of judges and, and one judge here close to you and the other three in front of you and another tasting in a room, separate room it's difficult
2: yeah.
1: and a lot of a lot of rules and yeah, but it, it's really fun. I enjoy it a lot I enjoy I enjoyed those competition a lot
0: now, how many times did you compete in the world competition
1: uh i it was one uh world, uh world competition two thousand and two Slovenia. Mm-hmm. In Slovenia, it was 2002. Mm-hmm. And then 2004, it was uh, not a work. It was a world competition, but it's, it was not a world championship. It was a Grand Prix. Grand Prix, it was international with the mm-hmm. best in a lot of countries.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: I competed in that one too in 2004 before oh, leaving, before leaving, because I left in 2004,
0: Cuba. Okay. You, when you left Cuba, you went to Mexico, right?
1: Yeah, I went to Mexico. I had a, a contract as a manager in a hotel in Cancun. Uh-huh. and uh, i I got you know like a contract, a work contract, and i i I went there and first by myself and then after two years, my family arrived and we we crossed we crossed the border we came here
0: okay when so you know when you've gone to these different countries as a cantonero, is it something that you were kind of introducing to these countries? this notion of not just a a person who mixes drinks but this person who's also doing hospitality and kind of entertaining? Is that something that you found that was different in Europe and Mexico when you were going to these places?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It makes it in makes in in Italy, they are very professional, very classic, very professional. And I even as a cantinero I learned a lot in Italy. I learned, mm-hmm. I learned a lot from from Italian bartenders. They are very good, very professional. But, you know, cantinero is always a little bit different, not better, not worse, but a little bit different. And I I always trying I, I I was always trying to to preserve the Cantinero identity yep. in in whatever I was doing, so in Mexico it's a li- it's totally different. Mexico is t- totally different the way they work and what they do. But uh, I was always trying to to tell my my bartenders the the way to to work and to make drinks properly with elegance and 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 to be more professional. Sure, yeah, but in, in Mexico was. I, I was not bartending there. I was a manager, but, but I, I I was always teaching people and sure. making an influence in how to make it properly. Yeah.
0: Right. And then you mentioned you made your way to the States. Um,
1: so it was in 2006, right? Yeah, it was a hurricane. It was <laughs> a hurricane close to Katrina. You remember Katrina in New Orleans? yes yeah. <clears throat> was it, Rita it was- or Wilma? Uh, Wilma. Wilma was a big uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. Wilma hit uh, really hard. Yeah. Uh, Cancun destroyed everything and destroyed the hotel I was working at. So they'd move they moved me to another hotel. It was not bad, but it was not the same. Nothing was the same after Wilma. That was October 2005. Yeah. So after after some month like a 2 3 months, working in the other place and Cancun not being the same, I decided to to come here i got some offer in miami and and i took my family and uh, we we crossed the border it was a nightmare but yeah here we are
0: Yep, well glad you're here um and did you find like again when you got to miami the cantonero style is you know because again miami has more of a cuban population is that something that already existed in miami at that time or is it still pretty new
1: no, no, it was nothing about cantineros. Not in Miami, in the United States or outside oh. of Cuba. When I came, right. when I came to Miami, I, I started bartending in the place you know, like uh, that I knew. But uh, but it was it was nothing about cantineros, and I never thought to introduce cantineros at that time. At that time, right. introduce cantineros in 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 Miami or in the United States. But after some years, after some years working in Miami and and winning competition again, winning yeah. winning some. Uh, local and national competitions here in the states. I was like a little by little uh, with my style. People were noticing and asking me why you do this, why you do that, and 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 I decided at some point to say, you know what, I'm gonna launch the Cantinero style. I'm gonna start doing Cantinero Mustang classes all around the country, even in in, in other countries, and and uh, people liked it. People people, uh, you know, it, it it looks interesting for people and. And I decided to focus in my style, and even in, in in another place that I was working at in South Beach, that is not absolutely that kind of style. But I was working like that, and and people people appreciate it. So, I at some point of my career, when I decided to open my own bar, I say it's gonna be a cantinero, a cantinero yep. space, yep. a cantinero style, hundred percent. And you know, it's different. I can say it's better, but is is people recognize the difference people can see what we do different and we have won best cantinero in the united states best bar team in the united states best restaurant bar in the united states so we we have won so many and one of the best bars in the world as well for 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 four years now and and it's 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 pretty much it's about everything but it's pretty much about the cantinero's uh style mm-hmm.
0: That's great, that's great um yeah, I mean, I know folks in miami who who've said it's a great experience they've 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 had drinks by you they've been they've been in your place uh and it it's an it's an amazing experience and when you when it was announced that you were coming into the cigar industry, a lot of people knew who you are i mean this was uh you know there were many people who knew you were it, it um so you were already very very well known here uh
1: at that point. I mean, yeah, some people because, you know, I was always a, a cigar guy, not in the cigar business, but a cigar guy. I was in a bartender uh, traveling around the world, always with my cigars, sharing my cigars with people, with friends, having a good time. Uh, I'm doing an event in New Orleans for years, for 12 years, every year on July. That is called Cigars and Friends, where I invite the most uh, influential and uh, bar owners and bartenders around around the, the the world I can say in a big event we have every it's like PCA but for bartenders you can sure. imagine so you know like PCA for four bartenders in New Orleans every July so I've, I've been doing this cigar uh like 20 25 50 people uh the last day of the the event uh all together with cigars that I was bringing and, and the rum. so cigars and friends and rum as well and and uh, people know me in the industry, in, in bar industry. People people know me as a cigar person, as a cigar person, as a bartender, of course, but as a cigar person. Everywhere yeah. I go, people say, "Oh, did you bring cigars? Let's right, smoke right. cigars <laughs> together. Let's Yo. smoke cigar together." And, yeah. uh, when yeah. people go to when people go to Latova, say, "Hey, who you? Let's smoke cigars." And,
2: yeah.
1: and you know, uh, uh, if you go to Latova, even if you don't smoke cigar, and you go to La Trova, uh people say oh Julio let us let, go to the party and smoke cigar I want to smoke <laughs> cigar with you and you know I remember uh some some year talking about Carolina uh, not Carolina it was it was uh when when uh, Super Bowl was in in Miami in 2000 I think uh, February 2000 we 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 made uh we we did a lot of events for uh NFL or for the Super Bowl in in Café La Trova. A lot of all the Mannings were there, a lot of celebrities, a lot of uh, Hall of Fame uh, football players. And one of the football players was always, you know, having fun with me and dancing with me and doing a show because uh, kind of a show. And at the end, he'd say, oh, let's go to smoke a cigar in the patio. And we we we, we, we were smoking, probably, yeah. you know, uh, Cam Newton. Yeah. Oh, well, Cam Newton. Uh, yeah. 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 Cam Newton. He's and from, our, he told he's from me, our, Yeah. yeah. He was in Carolina. I mean, the yeah, team was Carolina, yep. uh, Carolina pa- Panthers something. My yeah. city.
0: That's where I live. Yeah.
1: Carolina uh, pa- Panthers at that time. So he, we were talking about his injury in his knee or his foot. I don't know at that time. And and, uh, and he was telling me about a cigar lounge he has in Atlanta or in Georgia. I don't know, in Savannah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he, was, he was telling me about. And yeah, and we were smoking cigars. Smoking cigars, having fun. With all the people as well and and it's a place where people go to smoke cigars. so uh, i'm not a well-known among like uh you know even even uh, uh john uh jonathan and everybody from D- Drew's face always smoking cigars there too <laughs> <laughs>
0: right no but uh no it's uh it's but this, in the you, you've gotten into this industry, they always like when someone who comes in from another industry and kind of embraces it. Uh, Cam's Cam Newton's a I, I've never met Cam Newton, um, but he he lived in the city I live in and he's been known to go into cigar shops and just sit in the lounge and talk to people. So I had not yeah, had that chance to do it, but he's like that very yeah. friendly, very, very friendly, friendly and yeah.
1: very uh, you know, like humble,
0: yeah, yeah, it was he, uh, um. You know, people say stuff in the news and everything, but he um very popular in Charlotte. I'll just tell you that people really loved him here because he was very good for the community and all that type of stuff. And and of course if he's just smoking cigars, he's you're gonna be popular in the cigar land. So
1: And also, also some years ago I, I had the opportunity to smoke cigars behind the bar, actually with Guy Fieri. Guy mm-hmm. Fieri showed up to my bar to have a daiquiri and uh we were in Aspen, not no not at all. We were in Aspen and he was there for a show a food and wine festival. And uh, he visited me to, to have a diary for me. So but she, he showed up with a cigar. And I, I had a cigar with me. Uh, and uh, we start smoking cigars behind the bar and making drinks and having fun. Oh. And it was, yeah. yeah. Did you get a chance? Yeah. Did you get a chance to see him this
0: year? I was going to say, did you get a chance to see him this year?
1: I saw him, but in uh, PCA, but not... I didn't talk to
0: him. Okay. Yeah, he was, they had yeah. him going all around. He was there
1: only one day. Yeah, he was with uh, with a new line, yeah, with the cigars.
0: Yep, yep. But that's cool, smoking behind the bar. That must have been pretty cool. And with Guy, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good. But, you know, you, you've you enjoyed cigars, right? And But now it's another thing to get into the cigar business. So what kind of led you to say, now I want to get, you know, I want to go and, Try my hand in the cigar <laughs> business. What kind of convinced you to do that?
1: Yeah, I, I was trying I was trying for years to to have my uh, some brands, some brands that represent what I do all, all my everyday. So one of those brands was cigars, because you know it's something that I pretty much do every day, smoke cigars. And I as I as I said, it is is something that people identify me as a cigar person as well. Also, you know, the, the kind of uh, Cuban shirts I wear all the time, right. Guayaberas, Guayaberas, the hat, all that, all those things, you know, like I was thinking, even the coffee, because I'm a coffee guy, I have a coffee mm-hmm. shop in Natrova, and my my father with the coffee, Café Sacrificio, so all that, and I was uh, at some point thinking about to create some brands that are part of my life, are part of my everyday, as a compliment, uh, as a compliment of my, of my, my, my business, because, you know, I have bars and restaurants, but all the bars or restaurants, they sell cigars, they, they sell coffee and they sell a lot, a lot of merchandise. So I say, why not? I, I want to do my, my own wearables, like a guayabera, hats, Panama hats, all that to sell it, but with my name on it. And, uh, one of the things was, a uh, cigar, a cigar as, as well. And... I was having a conversation one night with uh, the person who is my my uh, manager uh, today and uh, she, she told me that, she told me, listen, you should have your own cigars, your own this, your own that. Say, so, yeah, I, I'm thinking, but I, <clears throat> I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. Uh, it's not easy. It's not easy to get. And she told me, okay, I'm going to help you because it's what I do to to make brands for, for people. Right and uh we started working together that was like 2 years ago we started working together and uh little by little we we are creating the brands and the first one the first one was the cigar
0: yep that's great um and you you partnered you ended up partnering with like one of the most reputable factories in the world today with oliva and how did yeah. that come about how did the relationship come about with cuz again to get a cigar out of oliva that's that's Pretty good, and they don't do that for a lot of people, believe it or not. They don't, they don't. Uh,
1: they I had a good relationship with some of the people that Oliva uh, headquarters here in Miami Mm -hmm. because they used to visit my place, uh, and we used to do some events together there with the cigar, myself with uh spirits. Yeah, Rum and, and Brandy and, and Behind the Bar and, and they with with the cigars. And we had good relationship. They used to visit La Tova and all the places I had, and, and they always giving me cigars and joining the cigar. So I, I I knew them and they knew me. But when I decided to to create this uh this brand, uh I started smoking all the cigars, all the the brands and visiting and, and doing some research. And uh you know, I I I love, I, I I love a lot of a lot of brands, a lot of cigars. But I I think uh, the one who had the profile I was looking for was Oliva, and I remember Willie uh, Willie Herrera. It was one of my favorite Herrera Esteli. Herrera Esteli was mm-hmm. one of my favorite. Well, one of my favorite with the profile I was looking for. Uh, I I smoked some of my father's. I went to Esteli. I I met Pepin and. Uh, you know, I met a lot of lot, lot of people, and I smoke a lot of cigars. But at the end, I I, I say, you know what? The consist consistency, the quality of the product, the leaf, the fermentation, the the aging process, the manufacturing process, and and the quality, and just the profile I was looking for. Some other people like more other cigars. That's fine. Obviously, other cigars are really good too. But yeah oliva had what i was looking for and and i decided to propose them to to make my my line and and they say yes thanks god they 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 knew me not <laughs> <laughs> they well, knew that, me and say, yeah we're gonna make it no that's, okay okay perfect
0: that's good and i saw i saw that you did go down to to nick you just said it to you went down to nicaragua so um obviously it's probably very different than what you saw in cuba for sure so uh it sounded i i watched the pictures and everything when you when your announcement came in, and it just it seemed like you really enjoyed being down there for sure um when you Absolutely. did
1: it in cuba i was going to pina, pina de rio vuelta bajo all the factories all the factories i had a good relationship in cuba uh, partagas Cheuma, el laguito uh, where they made the cohiba and uh, a lot of factories and and you know always uh, knowing and learning about cigar process and going to, to the fields as well, in, in Pinar. but you know, uh, in, in Nicaragua, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing what they do. I think the quality is even better. And, and, uh, yeah, I visited my father, La Jolla and uh, I visited a lot of, a lot of places and, and smoked a lot of cigars and and okay. I decided, yeah, I decided to, yeah, I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy it a lot because it, it, it's it's part of my what I study too. Yeah. You know, I I I study that when I go to the field when I go to Condega and I see the fields, I I, I know it, you know, because yeah. I. but you have that background,
0: yeah, and you have that agricultural engineering background too. On top of that, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: absolutely, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I actually was just down in Nicaragua in January for the Purul Sabor festival, and I I had not seen the changes at Oliva they've really, their factory operations have really expanded. It's beautiful facilities they have now down there. Um, it, it came a long way from when I had seen it a long time ago.
1: Yeah, they I think for the last eight years or so, 10 years, they, they have grown a lot. They have grown yep. a lot and they it's different, yeah. Yep. Before before they were like a small, a small business, a small factory, now uh-huh. it's more global and, and a lot of biggest facilities and and the production is like three times what they were doing before
0: yep no it definitely is uh i've seen like i said it's just the facilities they've built on top of that um they've invested a lot it's really beautiful looking um we the final the closing night of the festival was at one of the oliva facilities and it was it was like being at a resort almost it looked like it was it was that nice that's this what it year did it i'm to, going
1: oh year yeah, I'm it's, going to Puro Sabor. i couldn't I was going last year uh, or this year in January, but uh, I had something in Vegas. I have some job in Vegas that I committed and uh, I couldn't go. Yeah, it I couldn't a, go, but yeah.
0: It's it's a smaller festival than some of the Cabanos and, and the Pro Cigar, but it's a very nice festival, is what I'll say. Yeah. Um, this it's year good. I'm going different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you'll have a good time there. So, when you went down to the factory, how involved did you want to be in the process of developing your blends? Did you? I mean, were you ha- very hands on? Did you leave it to the experts? How, where did that kind of stand that you were developing these things?
1: Uh, I told I told them what I wanted the profile I wanted in every vitola. So I told them, listen, in, in this vitola I want this profile, this flavor for this reason, for for mm. this, yep. for this, uh, yeah, any a specific uh, instruction, but not a specific like a. Uh, this much of this, this much of that, because I, I don't know that the right, right. they have. But but I told them that the profile I wanted. And uh and and they did it and they presented they presented to me different options and I decided which one was the best one for me, for what I was looking for.
0: What was as you went through this process, what did you find to be the most challenging? I mean this is something new that you went through. It's not easy, but what did you find to be like the most challenging thing as you were getting involved with this?
1: Uh, I can say everything because, you know, it was pretty new for me from smoking cigars and being a cigar aficionado to be like a cigar uh, owner or founder of a company of cigars. I think everything, everything is, is, uh, is challenging, but I think so far... Uh, distri- distribution is is impossible. Yeah, yeah a, I was gonna get. <laughs> that's always the hardest
0: thing is the distribution. By the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, making cigar is hard, but yeah, uh, you know when you get when you get the box of cigar you have it, you say, okay, now now what? Yeah. yeah, that's the most challenging part. Yeah, and we are still in that process, so.
0: Yeah, it's 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 and it's not. There are people who have a lot of years' experience with this, you know, doing this for years and have trouble with distribution. So, it's 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 a challenge for sure. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, it it happens. But you went to the trade show. Any you were at the trade show anyway. So, but you was so you were taking orders for products, right?
1: Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did uh, take order in the show, and yeah, but uh, we're gonna start distribution pretty soon. But yeah, it was it was uh the most difficult part for
0: yeah. us. Is the plan is the plan are you gonna launch your own distribution or Are you gonna try to work with someone else as far as distribution? And you don't have to say no, who we, it is
1: no, we with someone with someone else. Okay. Yeah, we wanna we, we wanna try to uh we yeah, we wanna work with someone else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, in, I don't think you'll here look- here in the
1: state, in UK, in EU, in Asia, yeah. everybody's you know, different distribution.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's very how they do distribution in Europe, you're probably familiar is very different than how they do it here. It so, is. It is. Yeah. 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 It's very different. Um, One thing that I was like, really, really interested in your lines is, and, and Aaron and I have talked a lot about this because there's some companies that do it, but not a lot is you went with an approach of four different blends, each in a, a different size. So it was like one size, one blend. Was that a philosophy that you intended to do or it just kind of worked out like that?
1: It's what I, it's what I wanted. I, don't, yeah. I, I I didn't know. I didn't know nobody did it before or some few people did it before. I didn't know about that, but I said, okay, I want my Robusto to be Connecticut mild and for this purpose. But for me, it doesn't make any sense to have this, uh, this blend in, in the longer or bigger size for me. Yeah. Say, so I, I say, okay, this blend, I can think about a robust, just a robusto, not a toro, doble toro. And this one not for me say, so I want this one, just robusto. It should be Connecticut mild, you know, for cappuccinos for 10 in the morning. Yes. Yeah. This, this cigar, 35 minutes, 35 minutes smoke. And that's, that's why I, I just created that blend for that Vitola and like that for all the vitolas, all the vitolas with different flavors and for a specific purpose of drinks, of moment in 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 your day and uh, yeah, the time you have. So they were created like that. Probably in the future, one of the blends. I don't know. I can I can make some other vitolas right. with the same blend, but for now, for now, I want it like that.
0: Yep. Yeah and you have four really good I mean four uh really good blends I'd say all these tobaccos that leave is very very well known to do very good work with. You know so I think the robusto that's the junior that you were talking about. Yes yep. So um that's the Connecticut shade one. then then you went with a size that is not as popular in the states but you I think you opted to do it the elegante the 7x38 lancero.
1: Yeah, lancero is, is for me uh, like like the, like the like the name say says say, you know like elegante yeah
2: then
1: then the name you know uh, say, say it all Elegante, it's very elegant and, and people yep. you know it's not so popular in the state but I have a lot of people who love lanceros yep. like myself and uh, and a lot of people they only smoke lanceros and at PCA believe me that was the most popular
0: really sport, oh sport, wow yeah. Oh yeah. wow, okay.
1: I didn't I didn't expect it, but everybody was curious. Even probably not uh the favorite to smoke, but everybody who show up to my my booth was like, "Oh, Lancero, can I try? Can I have one?" <laughs> so people if, if they have to choose one, they choose the Lancero. And they liked and, it uh, apparently. Yeah. No, I, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, people love it. Oh, I like Lancero, like Lancero. But yeah, it's it's something that I have to have, even if I know it's not going to be the the top seller, or even it's right. gonna be the 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 least seller. The they they wanna sell the the least, but but I have to have it. It's like a, in a bar when you do a cocktail menu, you do a cocktail menu. You know some of the cocktails they are gonna sell very little, like a very little. But you have to have it. You yeah. have to have it in the menu, even you know they're gonna sell well. It's 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 like it's like lancero. Lancero, I know it's not gonna be. Popular, but I have to have it in my, in my line.
0: Yep, yep. No, and um, another size that you did that maybe isn't as popular either, but it's a size I love, is the Maestro. You did that in a torpedo
1: size. Yeah, that's my favorite. When you get a good torpedo, <laughs> I like a good torpedo, yeah. Uh, that's, that's my favorite. Right. I mean, the torpedo, I mean, I, I, for me, I can have my, one of my favorite bitolas is a, a Toro. A Toro, like 52, 54 by 6. That's my first Vitola. And I don't have it. I don't have it. I wanted to have totally different sizes and, and, yeah, Vitolas. Like a double Toro, of course. That one, I, I have yep. to have that one. And Lancero, Torpedo, and Robusto. That's my yep. go for next year. Probably I'm going to have a Toro. And then the following year, I'm going to have a uh, Churchill. Something like that.
0: Yeah, but, I like that.
1: But, but these four believe me, are the the four I wanted for to start. Yep. To start all different sizes, different purposes, different blends. And, uh, and then, okay, the Toro and yeah, the Torpedo, I I love it. Yep.
0: And the double toads, that's the El Caballo, right?
1: El Caballo. That that one is El Caballo.
0: Yeah. I I like, so I like, I'm, I'm one of the guys who like six by sixties when they're really good. So,
1: uh... that's, you, you know, that was one of the, I can say the people's favorite in in pca not the people not the cigar people took the most but the people like the most
0: oh the good, professional, good yeah
1: the pro the pro right. the professional yeah. i mean professional people they like that one all okay. the people say oh i like the junior the robusto i like the yes. robusto yeah say yeah me too but with my cappuccino in the morning i like the robusto
0: you, you, yeah, but it's nice. you got a wide variety of sizes, four, four sizes and something for everybody and if, you know, yeah. different blends with that, too. Um, and you made it, you know, obviously, I, I from just talking with you tonight, the Cantonero, what you do with the Cantonero, this is this is part of that experience. So I noticed as you were uh, talking tonight, uh, you mentioned different pairings. Um, and obviously, that was something very important that you're bringing to the experience factor of that.
1: Yes, uh being a cantinero, mixologist or bartender, we we understand really well the flavors, the flavors and how to pair uh the flavors, uh the, the, the food with the wine, what kind of wine with mm-hmm. what kind of food, or what kind of cocktail with what kind of food. And uh and we have to we, we have learned we have learned that. Yeah. So with cigars is the same because we study, we study that how mm-hmm. to uh, uh, Mari, uh the maridash maridage mm-hmm. or pairing how to do the pairing of cigars with cocktails and with spirits is depending the the flavor of the cigar depending the spirit you use or drink or the cocktail or the coffee so what I what I'm trying to do with my cigars is uh to recommend people for each blend for each vitola one kind of coffee what kind of spirit or yep. what kind of cocktail or what kind mm-hmm. of cocktail. So I recommend, for example, the Junior, I recommend it with the coffee. I recommend it with cappuccino or right. latte. Cafe con leche, latte, cappuccino. That's the coffee. Then for kind of spirits, I, I recommend champagne. I don't recommend any spirit champagne. Mm-hmm. A glass mm-hmm. of champagne with that one is perfect. Right. And then if I have to have a cocktail, I have a daiquiri, mojito, something like that. Very fresh light, not too boozy, not too speedy forward. And with the other blends as well, you know, I have a coffee for one of one of them. I have a, a different kind of coffee: espresso, black coffee, and, and double espresso. And then I have different kind of cocktail for all of them, or different kind of spirits. It can yeah. be port, it can be port, a good towny port with one of them. It can be scotch, it can be uh, aged rum. You know, it's dependent. Right, the cognac. So each each bitola I recommend it for. A time of the day, or a kind of spirit, a kind of cocktail, and, and it's good. I mean, like uh that was the purpose of of, of the events mm-hmm. to have it at different time of the day, thirty-five minutes, like fifty minutes, one hour, 110, 130 mm-hmm. So it's depending on the time you have or what you're drinking.
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, th- and I noticed that you have yeah, you just mentioned you you mentioned a coffee, a spirit, and then a mixed drink. So I, that's a that's a nice kind of spectrum to have that on which is which i think is a great different ways you compare them which i I like that too because i like a lot of coffees so that's what i'll tend to to go with and i'm kind of curious to just try each of these with with the different coffee with those different coffees you recommend there
1: yeah well even with with red wine yeah i recommend red wine with that and it's a lot of yeah but i didn't want it to be too extensive because it's it's some other it's it's a master class about that yeah, But just in the box, I want it to be more precise. The time of the spoke and what I recommend for pairing. Yeah.
0: Sure. No, I get I get that as well. So, you know, obviously you're bringing this whole experience together. Um, a big part, as you are aware of what the Cigar Industry does, is events. So I imagine you are going to be doing a lot of events with with these things going forward, correct?
1: Yes. Uh, I've been doing, yeah, so far, I have some, a lot of proposals to To be part of events with my cigars and the bar and, and the cocktails, uh, pairing pairing all that, and I love it because I have been doing it for all my life with all the brands. Now why not do it with mine and enjoying it as well?
0: Right, right. Um. So you know, part of I you you've seen a lot of challenges though lately with um you know we probably in the US you see in, worldwide. Places to have cigars and smoke too, so that's sometimes a challenge in, in certain areas to do that because some bars won't allow smoking in certain areas of the world and the states.
1: Yeah, it's uh, every day is more challenging to have a place where to smoke cigar, in. and uh, you know I've been going to New York uh, and smoking in different uh, cigar cigar lounge, and and, and it, it, every day is more difficult to yeah. to find a cigar lounge. In other cities as well, if you go to Europe, it's even even harder to find a place to smoke a cigar. But, but yeah, it's always, I mean, it's, in Miami, still, if you have an outside area, you can smoke cigars. So, like Latova, that we have a patio that is mm-hmm. designed for for smoke, smoking cigars. Yeah. So, if you have an outside area, inside no. inside you can't because you know it's yeah. you cannot be having having dinner with people smoking cigars. But yeah, if you have an outside area, you can smoke cigars, yeah. but cigar lounge, like a cigar lounge, uh, yeah, there are not so many, but yeah. yeah, there's still some cigar lounge and cigar bars where you can go have a drink and have a cigar and and inside inside those places.
0: And, and again, I'm not asking you to ask answer with names here because you, you may not be able to talk about that, but... I imagine you'll be partnering with coffee, wine, spirits companies with a lot of this stuff too, because I'd, I'd assume they'd be very interested in, in in this concept here, you know.
1: Probably, probably yes. Okay, that'll <laughs> be probably good. Yeah. Yes. Okay. In yeah. the future, in the future, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I've seen, I've seen some companies in North Carolina do that in particular. And in some areas, it depends on who you know who it is, basically. But that would be pretty cool if, if that happens. Yeah,
1: that's a good uh, idea.
0: Yep. Um, you went to you when you went to PCA this year. Was that the first time you were at the PCA, or you've been the there before? First. What What the was your first? What were your impressions
1: of that? I love it. I I, I enjoyed every every booth. I tried some new cigars. I bought some uh, merchandise uh, like a humidors and lighters and cutters and. Knowing more about the industry because you know I'm I'm new in the industry, so I was meeting people. I was meeting a lot of people, uh and knowing knowing more about about this industry that are fascinating. It's fascinating. So I'm I'm new. I'm new in the industry. So yep. I love I love it. I love everything. I love everything about PCA. And I'm going to, uh, in a couple couple of days to Inter Tabac in Dortmund. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. That's in good. Dortmund. Yeah in Dortmund uh Inter Tabac that I heard is different, but it's really good too. So I'm gonna I, enjoy, I'm gonna learn and
0: Yeah. No, that's good. Um that's a much bigger show. Uh and it's a very different show, you'll you'll you've probably have been told to it's very different, um, for yeah. sure. But it's a big show. Yeah, that's a big, I actually have not been to Dortmund. I mean I'm think I think I'm gonna go next year is the plan if everything works out. Um but uh it's a yeah, it's a big show from what I've heard.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait to be there next yep, week.
0: Yep, yep. So uh you gonna spend some time in Europe when you're there?
1: Uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Venice, Milan, where I was living, see my friends, uh, spend a couple couple of days there before. Then I'm gonna to I'm going to see my mom in Spain. All my family lives in Spain, so uh and then I'm going to to Dortmund the thirteenth.
0: Right okay all right so yeah you're gonna be heading yeah i'm gonna
1: if i if i have to go to germany i have to visit some you know friends in friends in italy and family in spain yeah you know just one trip
0: right right that's not bad that's not a bad thing either to go to (laughs) any of those those places um i've not been to spain I, i i spent a lot of time in italy many years ago um and uh but i haven't been to italy in a long time either but uh i was in rome when i was there so uh Exactly well, that for yeah. for my day job I was there so um, that was that was fun. Aaron, do you have anything else for Julio before we kind of get to some of this other stuff? Uh, I have more of a, just of a curiosity question. You know, based on your back
3: background as a Cantinero, is in regards to like, what is the most commonly ordered drink? Is there like just one that is like flat out like the most common? Is it is it especially in your establishment? Is it a daiquiri kind of for? your establishment or what do you see the most in
1: my in my establishment the most popular is uh the daiquiri because it's it's, it's the iconic cut right. that we have and i represent i represent daiquiri around the world too. right so and, i'm a da- daiquiri guy and everybody everywhere i go i have to make dairies because it's the drink that people attach to me but also the most popular is a uh, mojito okay the mojito the moj- we sell like 300 mojitos every night here wow. uh wow a uh, lot like three hundred. And uh, in Milan, in, Mi- in Milan, when I was living there, I was making myself, you know, myself, like five hundred every night. Wow! And it was in Milan, so it was yeah. a Cuban place. But yeah, five hundred every night. And everywhere you go, mojito is very popular. But you know, some other drinks are, are very popular right now. Like espresso martini is killing it. Yeah. espresso martini. That one, that one is good with cigar too, also with the junior. Espresso martini. And old fashioned, old fashioned with bourbon or even with rum. Right. They're, they're, they're really good and good for cigars too. They are very popular. Right. So those drinks are all, also, you know, the margarita, the mm-hmm. margarita always, and now the spicy margarita is killing as well. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Pina Colada always. Yeah. Yep. Those drinks.
3: Right. Um, and we, when you sit down to relax, and you want to drink, what do you drink? A little bit of rum
1: with okay. a cigar.
3: There a little go.
1: bit of rum with a cigar, yeah. And I, and I do it mostly every night. Okay. Or before, or during, or after work. <laughs> I go. sit down, I sit, Yeah, you know, my my day starts at eight o'clock in the morning. Right, yeah. You know, and working. So yeah. at some point, 5, 8, 10, 2 a.m., I sit down, I take a little bit of rum, Yep. And a cigar, and that's the way I decompress nice. and do the, my meditation, like relaxing. Go. That's my what? way to relax. A cigar Fantastic. and a little bit of rum. Yeah.
2: Right, right.
1: What what's about, your go to what's your go-to the, rum? That's what I asked that. <laughs> it's dependent. It's depending okay. what I what, what I what I'm smoking. Right. Okay. Depending the blend. Depending the blend, depending right. the, the kind of cigar. Okay. Some 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 rums there they don't match. So yeah. well with right. with some with some cigars. So is the it, I like good aged rum. But mm-hmm. you know Jamaican rum is really good, but not yep. with every cigar. Sure, uh, from Barbados rum from Barbados. You know, like uh, they they're 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 good, so good, but not with every cigar. So yeah. sometimes uh, Flor de Caña, Flor de Caña twelve and eighteen with the El Caballo, I love it. Uh, with a maestro with maestro i go with with barbados but also with scotch with uh single malt with maestro okay. and lancero with rum lancero yeah. with rum elegante and uh enjoy if you ask Joy, enjoy enjoy like mezcal with, with cigars
3: <laughs> yeah the... yeah he, he loves <laughs> yeah. The mezcal
0: if um Joy if you Joy go from to po- <laughs> when you go to Poro sabor uh if it's like last year one of the biggest sponsors was Florida Konya. Uh You will have more Florida Konya than you can want. <laughs> and you will take back many different bottles of Florida Konya. <laughs> I, I can assure you that I had uh, it weighed down my bag a lot when I took some of the yeah. stuff back and they were That's, very generous. They were very generous to the attendees. Yeah, so, I know. I know.
1: I know them very well. And you know, Puro sabor is in Nicaragua, and and Pro de caña is the only Nicaraguan brand. Yeah, yeah, so, but there's a uh, lot of
0: different kinds they have. So. Yeah, 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 they're
1: really
0: good. Yeah, so that was all. They were literally doing it out of the barrels, you know, tasting every every place you went. There was Florida de tasting, like Florida so. Konya. It was yeah. and it was different Florida de which was really made it nice. And
1: it's really good for cigars. Really good. It for it really yeah. it
0: really is, and like I like I said, you know, you're right. There's different, you know different types of rum uh i got hooked on when i went to cuba uh the santiago rum was unbelievable i oh, i yeah. came back with several several bottles of those so. now yeah, that's yeah. when you could take this stuff back more back then Santiago
1: so. for, for cigars Santiago 11 and 12 yep they're really good yeah oh yeah oh, 12 years
0: absolutely absolutely
1: mm-hmm.
0: um how about coffee wise uh how do you like your coffee and uh is there any type of uh origin of coffee that you like
1: I mean, I like I like a lot of coffee. Uh, the one I'm working with now is from Nicaragua as well, yeah. uh, close to Jalapa. I mean, close to Honduras.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You know, it's uh, close to Jalapa region, close so to north, Honduras north part of country. Oh, yes.
0: Yeah. Part of country. Yeah. yeah.
1: Close to Honduras uh, and the mountains is called Nueva Segovia is the, mm-hmm. yep. the area, and uh, they're really they have really good uh, coffee there. I mean, to, yeah. to work in the same area. If I'm going to Esteli, if I'm going to Esteli for the cigars, you know, one hour away, an hour and a half, we have the coffee. So I, I was trying the coffee. Uh, it was after I started with the cigar, I found out about the coffee and I loved it. I loved the coffee and it, it was very familiar to me because I was working uh, in Cuba in the mountains in charge of the, the the coffee plantations and the production. And I know I understand all the process. And, and when I tried the coffee, I say, this coffee is amazing. And it's not well known, but it's one of the best in the world. And then I went to Colombia, and I, I do my research and I found a really, really good coffee. All the coffee from Colombia are good, but I found a really good coffee that I don't have it yet because they, they don't roast it. They don't roast it in there. They, they sell it green. They sell okay. it green and I I don't have it roasted here right yet. so right. I, I told them okay I'm gonna have it but let me find who gonna roast it for me first but the one in, in Nicaragua yeah they said they sent it to me already roasted with the you know the the kind of roasted I I want and yeah it's perfect they they make a blend they make also a blend espresso blend for me uh,
0: I uh, when I went to Nicaragua for the first time, and when I had the single origin in Nicaragua, um, it, it blew me away how good the coffee is there. It's very it good. Is. It, it, it is. It, it's very good. Yeah. Um, I've had some out of Honduras, which is very good. It just seems like Central. I I've always thought of uh, you know, Colombia primarily as as the coffee country, and obviously Sumatra and. Uh, Ethiopia but what but Nicaragua I was really impressed with that it was just pretty good right. and Honduras
1: Honduras it's pretty pretty much the same because it's in the same yeah mountains yeah it's the board the border but it's pretty much the same did you did it's you ever really, cross really, the good. did
0: you ever cross the border from Honduras and Nicaragua not yet oh it's an adventure <laughs> oh yeah I spent I spent like I did it and spent four hours at the border uh it's it's, it's a process no I did yeah. Yeah. And this is before things changed politically. Let me put it like that. This was 2015. Oh, okay, okay, But, but uh, yeah. yeah, there's literally when you get there, there's a little bo- there's like border towns there. And, and uh, like all these businesses are there like selling food and drinks because they know people are stuck there for literally a couple hours when you go through this process. Yeah. So they sell stuff. So business actually thrives on the border area where the border is.
1: No, I never. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't been. uh, It's beautiful.
0: Actually, it's it's, you know, it's actually it's it's a very beautiful area to cross as well You through mountains and everything. It's so it's 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 but it is a long process. So I tell people, don't plan on getting through quick. is what you do it. All right, all right. Uh, A couple. So I got a couple more fun questions, Julio. And then we'll have a second segment with some more rapid fire questions, which will be shorter. Um. So, Julio, this is what we call cattle baron steak question of the night. This is related to steak. And I know you're familiar with the restaurant scene. Um, but I want to know specifically, how do you like your steak cooked?
1: <laughs> okay. How, how to answer that because I, I don't eat meat. <laughs> oh, no. See, oh, no. you got it. You, I'm following you, it now. It. you don't have to answer it. <laughs> okay, medium, medium.
0: <laughs> that's only medium rare. That's actually the no first medium. time it's happened, like, without a setup.
1: <laughs> no, medium. No medium rare, no medium well,
0: medium. Okay. All right, no, no problem, no problem at all. No, it's, that's good. <laughs> no,
1: I, I mean, I, sometimes I have to try, it, but it's yeah. it's not, it's no problem. not, uh, it's not make. Uh, I mean, I get sick. It's because I get sick when I okay. eat it. But right. Some, right. sometimes I try, it, but not, 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 just fish, right. just fish. So what kind of fish?
0: Mean. What kind of fish do you like, Aaron? hates fish, fish, by the way. Okay, <laughs> Aaron gets sick from talking about fish, so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, that's, oh, man, I finally got in there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Now, this, this, is a, this is a question. It's a fun question. We call this the Ties That Bind. And uh, this is sponsored by our friends at Tobacco Laird, say, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco Laird say great things are happening here. And in this question, Julio, I'm going to name to you three things. Okay, and I tried to make this a little easy tonight. So and you just got to tell me what all three things have in common. Okay, so I'll name three things. Just tell me what they all have in common. Sound sound good? Yeah. Okay, okay and I made this one easier. So uh, even Aaron may get this one. So here are the three things. The first one is a digital camera. The second one is birthdays. Someone's birthday. And the third thing is a poker game. What do they all have in common? Uh... A digital camera, okay. a birthday, and a poker game.
1: You know, during the birthday, you have to take photos because it's a celebration. Uh-huh. And uh, during the birthday, you take photos with a digital camera. But uh-huh. at the end, at the end of the birthday, the old people or the guys <laughs> start playing poker. There
0: you go. that <laughs> wasn't the answer, but that works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that wasn't it. But you're you put them all together. <laughs> you put them all together. All the all the women, all the women talking over there, and all yeah, the guys yeah. playing poker over here. Yeah, <laughs> And, <laughs> and uh, all the photos was already taken yeah. with with the, the, yeah. the, the, yeah. the camera.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but I could involve one other thing. Aaron, do you know it? Chips, close, cards, You're close, cards, cards, cards.
3: Birthday um, card, guess, t- guess, uh, camera yeah, card, right, and the poker right. game. But they all have chips okay. as well.
0: I, I didn't know about the birthday. You the probably chips. have chips at a birthday party, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah.
3: And you but can I, call it a chip. I like Julio's life. answer
0: better, actually. Yeah, it is a better answer. <laughs> that was really uh, creative, actually, <laughs> to put that together. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what I got to do, Julio, I got to just do a couple of sponsor reads. And then we th- the next segment's much shorter. So uh, don't worry about that. All right. No problem. So let me just mention uh, a couple of our sponsors. First up, I want to mention uh, JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age, of Cigars the Cuba was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hammerstrand Valley in Honduras, Julio Oro took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from going and curing tobacco to scar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, who and who brought their very own brand to market and each contain the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Limited Edition. Each represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco. A legacy that is tasted in every draw. And by Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, they take fact that they are cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you'll find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have special limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from famous international cigar makers such as Drew Estate, Rocky Patel, Arturo Fuente, and Aganorsa Leaf. They have the best cigar selection, best cigar uh, customer service, and money-saving discount cigar prices. But don't just take their word for it. Forbes Magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as best of the web. Corona Cigar was voted a top five internet cigar retailer by Smoke Magazine. And Cigar for Chanel Magazine wrote Corona Cigar Company, the largest, best stock cigar shops in America. You can place an order online at their website or visit one of Corona's five central Florida cigar superstars and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. And we're getting into our Alec Bradley Live True segment sponsored by Alec Bradley. 500 cigars are set a fire in this country every minute. A staggering statistic. Wait, that's a good thing. All those folks were actually a fine cigar. The trouble is a lot of those cigars aren't worth remembering. They're just plain forgettable. That's why you should pick up an Alec Bradley cigar. You'll taste that baby and say, mm-hmm, I'll remember you, Alec Bradley. You can learn more at alecbradley.com. So, Julio, we're going to continue. I have some more, like, just general questions, kind of just to get our audience to get to know you a little better. Um, And if you can't answer any of these, just let me know. Okay. All right. So the first Go one ahead. is, what's your dream car to drive? Uh, a Porsche. Nice. I bet you had a chance to drive a Porsche once. So I was like uh, honored to do a nine right. eleven years ago. So I have.
1: I have. I have it. I have it. But oh, you have it. Yeah. It's, oh, my dream, it's, it's my dream. It's my dream car. To it was my dream car, and 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 I mean, it's not an everyday car. Uh, Every day, every day car, but yeah, I enjoy it. every Sunday when I drive it. It's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's, that's it's good my dream car. It's fun. It's fun to drive. Fun to drive, and you know, I love it. Good for you. Good for you. What kind of Porsche is it? It's a Carrera C 4s S.
0: Very nice. Very nice. C4, C
1: four C C S Carrera four uh, S. Yeah, yeah. it's two thousand three. It's a collect collectible. Collection. Oh,
0: that's beautiful. Beautiful. Love it. My well, dad was I a car collector. collector. I know what it's like. Yeah.
1: I got it from a collector from Chicago. He yeah. traded, he he traded to a dealer for Bentley. Bentley from 1960 something, he told me. And and the dealer, I contacted the dealer and I bought it from, from from there. Yeah. It's a collection car. But it's really it's not very common to see that 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 car, but yeah, it's it's very nice, and I love it. I, li- I like all cars. Yeah. I have a 55 Chevy.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, my dad was a car collector, so I know it very well. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, was that part of, like, growing up in Cuba? Actually, I know it's a big part of the Cuban, you know, culture is and a lot of pride taken on working on these cars. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I had I had in Cuba some some uh antiques as well from 50 but in cuba it's not an antique it's a everyday car yeah. it's <laughs> what, pe- yeah. it what people it, what, what people have yeah right? it's, it's not it's not all oh, the card you know from 1960 yeah. No, it's everything is from 1950 40s so my car was from from the 50 my my bike as well motorbike so uh yeah but it's something that we we love we love to old oh, cars, restoration. That's one of my hobbies, restoration. So,
0: so a lot of, I know I mean, my dad did that too. It's a lot of work um, doing that. A, lo- a lot
1: of work, but it's fun, you know, yeah, to, yeah. to buy a car in Texas to bring it here and uh, do the res- restoration. Yeah, I love it. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, uh, I've been on those trips with my dad We buy a car like in Indiana and we'd have to take it back to New York and stuff like that. So I'd have to drive him out to Indiana to get the car a lot of times. So I remember... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that was fun. That's a good thing. I'm glad to hear that. All right, next question Who's your favorite actor or actress?
1: Okay, actor, my favorite is Dustin Hoffman. I don't know if he's, he's still alive, but yeah, that's my I favorite like Dustin. Actor. I'm a big yeah. Dustin. Huffman. Yep, yeah, Dustin Hoffman and, and Leonardo DiCaprio. I think yep. two different ages, but they are my favorite yep. Yep. actors and actresses.
2: Uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Nice, nice. You know, nice.
1: yeah, Jennifer Lawrence, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Nice. Has anybody, my, has anybody ever story. has anybody ever called you the Cuban George
1: Clooney? Oh, uh, one million times. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> 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 you know the, Q, the, the Q, Yeah, I mean, like since. 2003, people are calling me Josh Clooney, and now the Cuban Josh Clooney everywhere. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, when
1: they, yeah. I could see that. That's a good one, Aaron. No, I say, you know what? But you know what? I'd probably get them mixed up I, if they were standing next to each other. <laughs> I don't know, you know, like you know what I say every time somebody, oh, you are, you are the key on your screen. They say, no, he is the American Julio Cabrera. That's right.
0: <laughs> we know who's going to play him in a movie. I could tell you that's that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, He's older. <laughs> he <is. laughs> All right. What do you? Okay. What these are weather related questions. So, what do you dread more, like, or fear more? A hurricane, an earthquake, or a snowstorm?
1: Uh, earthquake, by far. Earthquake, earthquake, because you don't know where it's coming. If you're sleeping you know, or if you are in a tall building, uh, it's it's gonna be terrible. Hurricane, you know where it's coming. You know, yeah, uh, everything. So you can be protected. You know how many hurricanes I have passed? Five category. How many hurricanes? A lot. And yeah. for me, it's like is can destroy the house, can destroy yeah. whatever. But it's not. I mean, if you if you die because you 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 did something wrong, but earthquake you never you never know. I
0: was in an earthquake in 2011 on the east coast that hit Washington DC, and I was actually near the epicenter of it when it happened. And I had never Aaron, Aaron's on the west coast, so he gets earthquake. I was yeah. never so scared in my life when, when, when what was happening. And I didn't know what was happening until a few minutes later afterwards, actually. I asked someone, was that an earthquake? And they said, this person actually knew it. They said, yeah. And it turned out it was like a, one of the biggest earthquakes to hit the east in a while. And I happened to Why be not? like right near the epicenter. And I was in Washington that day. So, so yeah, it was, I agree with you on that. That would have been my answer, too. All right. You have cigars in your humidor. Do you keep them yes. with the
2: cellophane on or off? Uh,
1: Off in a humidor. Okay. Yeah, I have I have it off. Okay, with without the cellophane.
0: Okay. Yeah, there's no wrong answer to that. Some people like them on, some people like them off. I
1: was just that's just kind of what I was going with that. I keep it with cellophane when when I have it in the box yeah. in the box. Mm-hmm. You know, when I have it in the box, I I I keep it with cellophane. But when I put it in my humidor, it's without the cellophane.
0: Okay. I, petty... mean, I, I
1: don't know if I write if I write
0: right. I, so I have a, I I use. I'm I'm kind of – I understand keeping them off, but sometimes I've had problems with the cigars getting damaged. So sometimes I'll leave – I'll actually leave part of the cellophane on so it can breeze. But sometimes okay. I, I'm, just, I'm always – but, yeah, I'm a little careful sometimes because of, of – but I tend to – but that's my fault because I put too many cigars in a humidor. I think it's the problem. So I've been told to put less cigars in the humidor. Don't stuff it. <laughs> less yeah. than 2,000.
1: Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right.
0: All right. And you may all right, all right. Next question: A pet that you'd like to own besides a dog or cat? Any pet you have, but not a dog or cat? No, just a dog. Not even cats. Yeah. What about something else besides a dog or cat?
1: Uh, a horse. No, a horse is not. It's not a pet.
0: No, it uh, wasn't <laughs> a project.
1: <laughs> a horse is not a pet. So uh, no, just a dog. I yeah. mean, beside of that, I never thought in the other.
0: Pet, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't blame. Him. All right. No, no, no. Yes, right. okay. <laughs> Easy enough. All right. A special place that you have, like some special place that you really had a cigar, that you smoked a cigar in some special place. Where, where, where was that place that you smoked that special cigar, or smoked a special place that you smoked that cigar? I should say.
1: I went to I went to a place in in Colombia uh, some month ago. But it's a farm. It's close to the coffee region. It's a farm, but in the middle of no nowhere Is everything you can listen is the the birds, the birds singing, but very it's a very calm, very calm place. you cannot listen anything. It's nothing happened there that in that place. I would never forget the 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 cigars I smoke there because it's very relaxing, very. Uh, it's magical. It's magical. Nice. So I have, smoked, I have smoked cigars in every city I have been. It's, it's a ritual I have. When I go to a country or I go to a city here in the States, the first night I have to smoke a cigar, whatever I am. So if I travel to Moscow in Russia, the first night I have to smoke a cigar. I don't know where, where we're going, but the first night I have to smoke a cigar. So I I don't know. I, I've been in 60, 65 countries in all of them, the first night when I arrive, I have to smoke a cigar. But it's not, I mean, it's good to smoke a cigar in the city. Sometimes I have to smoke a cigar on the street or hidden in somewhere right. because there's no place to smoke a cigar. So I have to stop in the city below zero degrees and smoking a cigar, freezing, snowing, whatever, I smoke a cigar. But in in that place in Colombia, is uh, is in the middle of, uh, you know, in the mountains, but very calm, very relaxing. And uh, that's, that's the place I, I enjoy the most to smoke, smoke, smoke. Besides here, besides here in my, in my, in my, of course, yeah. in my yeah. house, <laughs> in my house, I have, I have, a, I have a place where I enjoy the, the sunset with my cigar. It's magical nice. by a Lake. It's really, it's beautiful.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah.
1: And very calm too. Yeah.
0: Yep. All right. Now I'm going to flip this a little different now. There's all these places where you can't, you're not allowed to smoke cigars in the, uh, in the world, like wherever it is, like restaurants or uh, hotels or, you know, on a mountain, in, in a national park or whatever. Where's a place where you can't smoke a cigar that you'd love to smoke a cigar? Uh,
2: that's
1: hard. <laughs> <laughs> a place a place that I can't smoke a cigar that I... That yeah. I going to smoke a cigar
2: yep i don't know i think
0: no i I think nowhere (laughs) (laughs) i'll give you my answer i'll give you my answer i I wish i had an opportunity to smoke on the airplane actually when you could do that
1: (laughs) oh no no yeah no because you know if i if i know i can't smoke a cigar in a place i i i don't smoke yeah i don't smoke a cigar not in a plane? No, I never smoked it a No, I never plane did either, or... but
0: uh, yeah, I, I didn't try. I have not try, but I would have liked to have done that once, I think, yeah.
1: But do you, do you remember back in the days, I mean, 20, 25 years ago, when when, when you can't smoke in a plane, it was also cigars or your cigarettes? No, it
0: was cigars. Um, oh, cigars? Yeah, I, I actually was on a few flights when you could smoke on the plane. Um, and my dad was a, he was a cigarette smoker. So I know we always had, He smoked when we were on, we went to California a couple of times and vacation and he was smoking there. And I do remember people smoking a cigar, but he wasn't. I do. I
1: mean, in in 2000, 2001, I was traveling from Cuba to Italy very often and everybody was smoking there. Yeah. Yeah. Cigarettes. But I don't remember cigar, but cigarettes. Yeah. Everybody was smoking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely remember there was a section of the plane where you could smoke um, and it had ashtrays and everything. Yeah. 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 Well, all right, and the last question tonight, Julio. If there was a reality TV show about you, like there's a show they're gonna make about you, real your real life story in Netflix, Netflix, no. yeah, like <laughs> yeah. What would the title of that show be?
1: uh I don't know. I never thought about that. <laughs> I never thought about that. So the title of uh, a reality show—I uh, have no idea. So, <laughs> sorry, sorry, but I have no idea.
0: Cantinero, it's okay. Cantinero, it's got to be Cantinero.
1: Maestro Cantinero,
0: yeah. Maestro de Cantinero, there you go, there you go. <laughs> there
1: you go. <laughs> Ma- right. Maestro Cantinero, that, that's my title. Yeah, Maestro yeah. Cantinero.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, hey, one last question before we kind of start When can people start to expect to see your cigars in stores?
1: When I think uh mid September or the beginning of October. I think oh, right. more October to be to be more safe mm-hmm. in October. Yeah. It's gonna be, you know, almost everywhere. Hopefully. Awesome.
0: That's awesome. We we'll look forward to it. Um Thank you. Julio, I want to thank you very much for being on the show tonight. Thanks for getting through some of the technical issues. Wonderful talking to you. Love to have you back again. I know we'll be seeing you down the road for sure. Um, but we'll appreciate everything you've done for us. And uh,
1: thank you so much. Thank you, Will. Thank you. I enjoyed a lot. I yeah, enjoy thank it you, Julio. And thank yeah. you, Aaron. Yep. yep. Thank you, Aaron. Yep. I Absolutely. want to give a shout
0: out to Rebecca, too. She helped set this up. So thank you to Rebecca as well. She was awesome with this. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Absolutely. We Rebecca,
1: it. Rebecca and Frank.
0: Yep. Yes. yes. Appreciate it. Well, Julio, uh, best of luck to you. Safe travels to Europe. Um, and we'll look forward to catching up with you down the road. Absolutely. Hey, wait. Right. See you have soon. Have a great guys. night. Yep. Thank, Thank you, you, you Julio. Thank All you. right. Th- that is Julio Cabrera of Sacrificio Cigars, the Maestro de Cantanero. And uh so that's good that we got through that. I was worried that we could have the technical issues early on. Yeah, we worked them out. Yep, it always works out. So um, hey, let's get into our uh, This Day in Sports History, uh, sponsored by Espinosa Cigars. Uh, makers of award-winning brands such as 601, Espinosa, and Knuckle Sandwich. Smoke Espinosa, smoke Espinosa every day. So, Aaron, before I get to the question, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just throw the two Phillies facts up because they were too easy to give a okay. question for. But August 31st is actually a big, big day in Phillies history uh, for two reasons. Dallas Green became the manager in nineteen seventy nine when they fired Danny Ozark right, which shocked everyone that even though they were enforced but Danny had like this great record, and Dallas has to mop the season up, but then he wins the World Series a year after so mm-hmm. that was a big that was a big one that happened on august thirty first nineteen seventy nine um and then um Ryan Howard set the Phillies record in for home runs in two thousand six. Uh, When he hit his 49th home run of the year and he would beat uh, the record by Michael Jack Schmidt on that day. Mm -hmm. So those are two. This is a big day in Philly's history, uh, but I thought they'd be too easy for a question for you, which is why uh, I didn't have any any other way to do that. And uh, Ryan would finish with 58 home runs um, that 2006 year. So that was his second year as a Philly. But I have another question for you, Aaron. I have a question. All right. For you. All right. And then let's see if you can get this one. So on this day, August 31st. Right. 1990. Okay. Ken Griffey Jr. played in a game for the Seattle Mariners. Right. What was significant about his participation in that August 31st, 1990 game? Um, I have two ideas,
3: and they're somewhat related. And I don't know if which one it might be. Is it that he played in the game with his dad or that he and his dad – Homered in the same game, or those—is that kind of in the ballpark? It was—it was the first that I know. Okay. I don't know if they
0: both homered in that game,
3: but I do know they. I want to say that I almost want to say they went back to back in a game. I don't know if it was that day, but I think I, I want to say that. they went back to back at one point.
0: Yeah, I don't know that answer. Um, that one I don't know what day that happened. Um, I'm actually pulling the almanac up to see if that is uh indeed the case. Um, but yeah, that is the only time like that's the only time father and son have played together on a team yeah. in the same game. Um, or but, at least the first time it happened. Yeah. Um, let me see. I'm just looking at that. Uh they went one each of them went one to four in the game. So it probably wasn't that game. Mm-hmm. But uh they were actually playing uh Ken Sr. played left field and Ken Jr. played center, center field. Yep. Yep,
3: yep. So yep. uh I mean that's gotta be a that's gotta be a pretty big deal, right? Like if you it, play it, in that, the same game with your dad.
0: Yeah. No, it has so. to be, yeah. I mean it's it's like I said, it has not it has not happened since. Um that was probably a sad day from Miguel Shodell when the Reds like the Reds had just traded him to the oh actually he was waived by the Reds. Uh-huh. And, and uh and they signed him that day. So I think he played the, I don't know if he played another year after that, but it was at least at least the rest of that nineteen ninety they played. I have mm-hmm. to find out when they actually went 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 long with that. Uh is a good question. And they actually played 1991 with the Mariners senior too. So it was two years. Okay. Yeah. But there you go. Big big day as we get into pennant races. Uh go By the way, the A's have been eliminated. You saw the A's were eliminated? <laughs> the A's were eliminated uh day one of the season. So <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> mathematically they're eliminated. <laughs> yeah. them and the Royals fair. are the two only teams eliminated, it's so fun. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, So we shall see uh, what's happening there. All right. And that was our Espinosa this day in sports history. So we've got one more segment, guys, uh, you want to tune into. That's a deliberation segment. But first, let's get into uh, a couple of our sponsors. J.C. Newman Cigar Company, founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman. J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America for four generations and 127 years. J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 113-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District of Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as Elwood Hall, J.C. Newman premium cigars by hand and hand-operated antique cigar machines, including the All-American Cigar, the American, and the Angel Cuesta. J.C. Newman's Pensa Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua, so Brickhouse, Polo de Montt, Ma- El Baton, and Yagua cigars are hand-rolled. J.C. Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond cigars are handmade by Tabaco A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. We're going to partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newman's founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, healthcare, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Casa Cuevas Cigars, the Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they've manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Los Angeles factory in the Dominican Republic. Now the Cuevas family has brought their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas Cigars. Try the Casa Cuevas and Cuevas Reserva Lines. And in the latest release, the Sango Nueva. And if they don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retail for Casa Cuevas Cigars. Casa Cuevas Cigars from our Casa to yours. And finally, uh, we want to get into our Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust Industry uh, Deliberation Segment, sponsored by Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. There's no deliberation when it comes to Dumbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included eight consecutive top three appearances on the Halfwood Consensus, including number one cigar here in 2020 with the Mi Karita Chicky Chaka and 2022 with the Mi Karita Black Saka Con. Visit DTC Cars, find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. All right, Aaron. So this is this is the genesis of this segment here. Um, I constantly like, I'll put stories out on Coop. And I'm, I don't know if you've gotten this feedback before. And the first question I get a lot of times is, "Why are you putting this story out there? Is right. it important? Like, who like who cares?" Right. Yeah. So I've gotten a lot of them from a, a group of people, not just like one person. And I actually have been, I actually have been like keeping track of these. And then a few of them hit this week, and I said maybe it's time we just do a segment on this guy. I was planning on doing this. <laughs> Um, so what I'm gonna do is I have 12 12 things and we're gonna look we're gonna look at how important they are from three different perspectives. The retailer perspective, mm-hmm. the consumer perspective, and the media perspective. And okay. we'll see how important they are. What what I will say is most of these most of these stories are very low maintenance stories. So keep that in mind, like they don't involve a lot of they don't have a lot of journalism, right? They're easy. Right. They're kind of low-hanging fruit to get some content out there. But let's see. Like, I want to, I'm curious what you think of them, um, and I think there's different points of view we can attack these with, right? Okay. So here's the first one. There's a new branded lounge opening. Right. Is that point to the retailers, the consumers, or the media? I think the most important would be for the consumers. Absolutely, Um,
3: just knowing that you know that maybe in their area there's a lounge, or maybe when they're traveling, they know where they can go if that's one of their favorite brands.
0: Yeah, I I would agree. It's not like a big. It's not going to be a big media hit for me on that, right? But if it's if a consumer can know that, and you know, I don't know. I got in this discussion on Bear's show the other night. We were just somehow talking. Could you imagine if Guy Fieri sponsored a cigar lounge? Like how it it would be huge. Like it would be huge. So, so yeah, I think it is important if people want to like go to an Espinosa Lounge or JC Newman Diamond Crown Lounge or something like that. Uh, And they can. And certain branded lounges are different than others. So, I agree. Probably most retailers don't care about it because it's their competition. And for media, I don't think it's a big windfall unless it would be something very unique. Right. Yeah. All right. Here's the next one. And I got one of these this week. (laughs) Um, A new territory sales manager slash sales rep has been hired. Right. We put it up on the website. Um, I've usually avoided a lot of these, by the way. I try not to do this. Yeah. But um, important to the retailer, consumer, or media? I
3: would say retailer maybe, just knowing who the new rep for their area is. Um, You know, if they didn't hear it already directly from the company. So that might be something that's useful to them.
0: I actually must say, retailer and media. I'm surprised because when I do put these out, and I don't put every one of these out, but they do. They actually get traffic. I'm shocked the traffic it generates compared to, compared to some other things. You'd be surprised. It's, and usually like I said it's, it's a low hanging fruit one. Right. Um, sometimes, how can I put it? I have to take some of the fluff out of these things is what I got to say. But, mm-hmm. you know, okay, this is the rep. This is their background. Maybe if they have cigar industry. And I keep it pretty simple again. It's not a lot of effort to put this out there. Right. Um, but, and, you know, so I, I do find some consumers, if they like, if they know this person, then they get excited about it. But I think retailer for sure, because, but then the retailers have gotten upset when it's been in the press before they found out. Uh, I like, see. how can you, how can you, how come you didn't tell us who our new rep is? So that's right. one way to get you know, a little bit of chicken and egg one. Yeah, yeah. All right, this next one. This came today. A cigar company is putting Bolivard in their cigar boxes.
3: Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I guess the retail
0: retailer. I don't know. This um, is this is yeah yeah. I don't really know. I I didn't have any of them. I, I kind of agree. I, I usually try to avoid that one. Like, in my opinion, the job of a cigar maker is to make sure your cigars are fresh in the box. How you right. do it, I don't really care, right? If you're, if, you know, there's companies that don't put bovitas in, and their boxes have been fine for for twenty, thirty years. Yeah. So I, I don't really think this is. I think your job as a cigar maker is make sure those boxes are sealed well, packed well. Right. How you want to do it, that's up to you. Yeah. So yeah. All right, here's the next one. I've, I expect we get these every year. Some cigar company has donated X, Y, Z dollars to some relief fund. Um,
3: maybe the consumer, just if they have a, like if their buying decisions are based on, you know, companies that have, you know, good community outreach and things of that nature. I don't know, maybe.
0: Yeah, this is another one I've struggled with. That would probably be my answer. But, you know, a lot of times I'm like, well, you know, charitable business contributions are, are something companies, it's part of doing business. So certain companies I know do it and they don't put out press on it. Right. And other companies, they do it and they put press yeah. on it. I mean, I think that's, they're this I'm not judging them one way or another, but, um, Part of me is like, well, that's part of how like, I think everyone company who does business, they they find some sort of always a charitable angle to to pursue. So, again, I guess it's part of doing business regularly. So I, I could see some pushback on those sometimes is what I say. Sure. All right. A couple of these are related now. Company is announcing it's taking over distribution for another company. Um, I would say probably the retailer
3: and the media would be, yeah. have some interest in that. Yeah. Consumer probably has zero interest in that.
0: Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's transparent to the consumer. Um, the only case I could see it, like maybe for the consumer is like, you know, when you get when Drew Estate has done it, it becomes a part of that whole consumer engagement piece. Right. So I remember when like for a while Debonair was there, Balmoral was being distributed and it was kind of part so the consumers did see some of that like Drew Estate events. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, especially if it's you know, especially if it's just like warehousing, like you know, like like Illusioni's taken over a lot of these um distributions and really it's it's warehousing which has it that affects the retailer probably the most. Right. Because they want to know where their stuff is coming from. Yeah. I have I have seen mixed results on, on the, like some like the thing with um even though it wasn't distribution technically the the whole McAuliffe All Saints thing was pretty big. Yeah. But I think there were special circumstances with that and some of the companies involved had good following so Right. Yeah. I I don't think anyone uh paid a lot of attention like when Luzioni took over wildfire cigars or something like that. Nothing is I just think that was very transparent. Yeah. All right. Now this one I get, I get a lot of pushback on. And this one I I will fight back on this one. Company announces it has taken over a distribution agreement in country XYZ. Um,
3: I mean, I think for the consumers for sure. Yeah. Um, if they know that a brand's gonna, you know, now gonna be available in their country. I think yeah. that'd probably be a big deal for them.
0: I think the retailers in those countries may have some interest in that. Although sometimes sure. it involves having to go to a competitor. Like in, in Europe, a lot of the distribution is done through retailers. Right. So sometimes that involves having to go to your competition to get this stuff. Yeah. Which is, which is, depends how that way you look at that. And I think from the media, like I said, um, you know, I think that one time soccer announced he was uh, going like he doesn't do it all the time, but there was one. I think he announced Belgium or something. And it was like I got like insane numbers. Like right, and the numbers were coming from Europe. It wasn't coming from the like some came from the Europe, But it was coming from Europe. So mm. one, I want. I do. I do think the international market is pretty important. Um, I mean, it's something I've been focusing on a lot more in the last year, just because. Uh, I mean, I have a couple of reviews for European only cigars that do pretty well. And others don't do as well, but yeah, right, yeah. All right, and this is my favorite one. We talked about this one in a chat today. Company announces it is shipping a product, but there's a s I'll ask a sec I'll ask both these questions at the same time because I know the second one is the company announced it has shipped the product a week ago.
2: Um I would say
3: for the for the uh consumers for sure. Uh for the media somewhat, yes. So, I mean, I'm always interested to know when a cigar is shipping. So yep. I can yep. I can track it down if I'm, if we're planning to review it and things like mm-hmm. that. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, we don't like, we don't usually post that unless it's like the actual announcement of the cigar itself. Yeah. yeah. Um, like if we've already done a story on that, this cigar has been announced. We usually won't do the, it's now shipping kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty picky on that one. Uh, if you want the announcement, you better tell me the day the day that announcement's first made, not a week later. Yeah. Um, just be, and, and here's the thing. There was like one that came out re- this week. We covered it before the trade show and at the trade show. And then I get the announcement late. I'm like, there's no point. We've already covered this twice. Uh, yeah. Um, I could put a note in my weekend wrap up saying it shipped and I don't need to write an article on it. Right. Um, but most of the time in terms of interest, I think it is definitely of all, both of those cases, no matter when it, the consumer does want to know when it's going to be available in stores. So they could, if it's not in their store, they can ask for it. Yeah. And usually, but the retailers usually already know about this. Right. Like they it usually, it's either done at the same time or it was done earlier. Or in some yeah. cases, the, the cigars just arrive without them even ordering them. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. A company has announced it's taking pre-orders for a product. Um, I mean, I guess,
3: well, retailers for sure, but I yep. think the consumers probably also care yep. about that. Yep. Just knowing that it's something's happening.
0: Yeah. You know, so yeah. I think with this one, it's very much, I think this is something of, particularly if something's being sold online it is a big deal. Like I look at the whole dojo soccer thing and how they've taken orders from that mm-hmm. for several of those soccer releases. And it definitely has helped smoke in it helps soccer in terms of how much he has to make. So it actually is a good thing. I don't know necessarily if um, I need to know that uh, asylum's taking orders for some cigar uh, and I'm trying to pick on asylum, but I don't know necessarily right. that's important that the pre-orders are done um, or pre-orders are taken. Because I'm not sure it, especially if it's a regular production release. Maybe if it's a limited release, I can see it. Yeah. Repeat stuff I could see maybe, hey, just limited, get the pre orders. I think sometimes the retailers will hype those pre orders a little too much to like they'll pretend it's where it's not as dire and like need to get it. Right. All right. Company announces that it terminated some SKUs. Uh I think it's probably all three yeah um, i think this is this and this is one that doesn't get reported enough in yeah my
3: opinion. i mean yeah i just don't think there's like that only that gets announced very often yeah um for one um but yeah i mean it also depends on how the company shares it um like some you know if they're not actually letting the retailers know directly and they find out through the media then that's <laughs> definitely another avenue i guess so
0: yeah yeah i mean i think i've Hold this, I I'm not a secret. I do subscribe to a lot of uh retailer lists now, communications, yeah. and this, I'd say, ninety percent of the time, it does not go to the media. So it there it is, it is communicated to the retailers, and but it's not really a press release either, because it's it's just, hey, order these now because we're not stocking these anymore going forward, kind of a deal. Right, I mean, so- sock has done it with a couple of things recently, and. Uh, Obviously, there was interest when he did that, uh, but I think this is a big one. That I, I don't think there's a shame in saying you're discontinuing a SKU. Uh, I think people really want to notice. Um, you know, they want to be. You know, I know there's one school of thought that says, "Well, let the retailer deliver the bad news." But um, I don't think there's any harm in saying that you're, you're you can't get this cigar anymore from them. I just right. I don't think it's a sign of weakness either. No. Yeah. All right. This next one a company announces an employee is leaving the company um i think all three yeah as I well so. i think so too uh especially if it's someone who is a uh a stakeholder or a face um yeah. i think you do need to I, I i can understand you can't do this for every person who is uh you know, a a rep or a support person in the warehouse. I mean, I I don't think that's necessarily newsworthy, but if it is someone who is like basically acting as a face or stakeholder, I think you do want to get that out there. Um, And no one, no one gets fired. So it's easy. Right. Right. Yeah. So like if no one gets fired, just say the person's not there anymore and be done with it. (laughs) Cause then you're just going to get questions um, on that. Right. But no one gets fired. Right. So it's no. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And the last one, and this one I've gotten, a, actually I, I've kind of avoid these ones as well. Company announced it's doing a cigar for an online cigar club. Um,
2: I think that's news for all three as well. See, I thought it was news for maybe just the consumer.
3: Um, no, I think it's, yeah, consumer for sure. Um, I think retailers also would maybe be interested in that, just knowing kind of who they're doing business with, and right. with, with the clubs that they're doing business right. with, and the media uh, just kind of keeping abreast of yeah. what, you know, where they're kind of uh, sending some, you know, doing business, I guess, yeah. as well.
0: And, and when I say online club, I'm not referring to luxury or privata. I'm talking about like um, – the smoking signals people, right? The fat ash people, yeah. Um, I do think that they're because what I've tended to see with those cigars is they're not closed community cigars. Um, so I think there is interest, particularly if someone really likes a brand, they can go seek it out.
2: Right.
0: Yeah. And that's all I had this week, Aaron.
2: All right. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Um. All right. So uh, wrapping up. Um. I don't know who our guest is next week. We have to still okay. get that. I'm still mailing that down. I'll talk to you about that after. All right. Um, And then we'll be off the week after that. So because yeah. I'll be traveling. So um, as far as next week shows go, um, we are doing a jukebox show and a special edition. So Monday, uh, actually, the, the jukebox show, I think it's going to air. Or, uh, they're both going to air on Tuesday because we're recording the holiday on Monday. Yeah. 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 So um, McTavish is going to be on the jukebox show. We're doing uh, football and cigars. Oh, Um, nice. So uh, it's kind of a, what I call, this is a lighter take of the baseball show. (laughs) A much lighter. So uh, we're just going to make some predictions. We're we're doing some. Over unders, and we're gonna do some music with that. So, right, uh, surgeon will be on that. I know we're gonna be doing, uh, I, I was trying to get a Jets jersey to wear for that, by the way. I'm still working <laughs> on it. Uh, If I can get that, so, I'm gonna wear it. I money, I have you a cap, I do have caps. So. <laughs> All right, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, no, someone someone can maybe lend it to me. I hope someone can lend it to me. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then on Tuesday, later on Tuesday, Bear and I, we're gonna be doing a Mount Rushmore. I think it's before the Florida medicana we're doing. So I think we okay. so we're gonna do four cigars on the Little Florida Benicar Mount Rushmore, and then we'll have a show Thursday to be determined. So stay tuned. Right. Yeah. Um. But that's all I got. We're right at all midnight right. here. Uh, Perfect. All right. So we actually. Uh. Thanks again to Julio Cabrera. Uh. I said his name. Yeah. I want to say his name. I'm getting old. Thanks to Julio Cabrera. Um. It was very interesting in the former segment. Thanks to our audience as well. Um. That's going to wrap up uh Prime Time episode 281 into the Annals of History for Thursday August 31st at the well we're 1 minute past the midnight hour so it's Friday me, Friday September 1st in the East Coast. Catch everybody next week. Take care everybody. Be safe. See you guys.